And dude, I'll spend like 15 minutes on one spread, just like moving a picture, you know, an inch and then moving it back and be like, ah, back and forth, back and forth to the point where I drive myself crazy. I have to like go walk the dog to like cool off from it. Uh Uh-huh. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda or today coffee and water in the (laughs) fridge. Cheers, my friend. Let's cheers, buddy. Cheers, regardless. Doesn't matter. Yes, yes. Fade out this music, and I am sitting here today with my buddy, the uh, I mean, I guess you're the the owner, the starter. Yep. However right. you want to call creative it, creative director, of, of, uh, creative director of Bankrupt Bodega, Pat yep. Bruner. Yes, I pronounced your name right. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah! Make some noise for Pat Bruner. <laughs> really, really uh, excited to have you here. So. A couple things leaning into this. I uh, are you a Woody High kid? I am. Yeah. How'd yeah. You know that? So uh, I have a friend Heather who uh, I ran into recently. Heather Shields. Yep. Okay. And I was I was wearing this hat, and she was like, "How do you know Pat?" I was like, "Who the fuck is Pat?" And she was like, "Your hat." I was like, "How do I know my hat?" It was like I couldn't tell she was saying Pat or hat, but she was saying both. Yeah, yeah. Because she saw the hat and she <laughs> she she brought up that she had gone to school with you. I'm a Woody High kid. Are you? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, but I am probably a little bit older than you. So I yeah. I graduated in 2003. Okay. So definitely uh, older. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. But um, yeah. So Woody High, what's yeah. up? What neighborhood you grow up in? Forest Hills. Forest Hills. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went to St. Maurice before then. Okay. The grade school. Yeah. I was a Braddock Hills kid. Okay. So I was a, a rival hill, I suppose. I the, suppose. the hill right across from you. But Separated yeah. by the valley. I, I, That's I, right. yeah, I used to live in Forest Hills. I lived by the Taco Bell okay, yeah. for some time. Yeah. And, uh, That's yeah. the old skate spot. Okay. Yeah. I, I never skated there. I just ate a lot of lot of tacos yeah i mean so and chilled but so uh yeah so cool forest hills pittsburgh woody high kid just wanted to get that out there yep but yeah so you are the bankrupt bodega that's what that's like your thing that you do yep so, that's uh, right. why don't you let the people know what that is well bankrupt bodega is a brand i started about a year ago um a year and two months i think exactly um and it's something i had had on my mind for a really long time just trying to because i'm a photographer as well i've been shooting photos like my entire life um, and I started out in concert photography. Um, so I've shot over hundreds of shows. Um, everyone from like, uh, Primus to, uh, George Clinton and yeah. E-Funk. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, and then I kind of got more into street photography and I wanted to kind of figure out a way to turn that into a brand. And that's how Bankrupt But Dig It came to be. Um, and I've always had an interest in clothing. So I kind of just put two and two together started putting photos onto shirts um and then i kind of evolved a little bit more into like more like custom stuff like i have on here like i do a lot of vintage thrifting um and then i get the photos printed onto fabric and then i sew them all in myself so kind of more custom like one-on-one pieces yeah um yeah so it's all around the board um i also sell prints um i do tons of vending um and big cahoots with like redfish bowl i go to all their events stuff like that um I've also started to do like some of my own pop-up shops. Um, I had one in May last spring. Um, it's a really big pop-up, pop-up shop. It was a week long. We had, and I wanted to kind of 
like diversified in a way. Because say if I was to have a pop up shop and it was just like me there every day for seven days, like it's not going to be that cool. Like people might come out opening night, then like why are they going to come the third day? You know what I mean? For sure. So my idea was to um, bring in different guest artists and guest musicians like every night of the week. So we planned out this whole schedule seven days, and it just hit the ground running. Um, and we had I think twenty six artists and musicians. Um, showing work and performing over the week. Um, and it was a huge success. Um, so I'm working on a one, another one of those for the spring, which I'm really excited about. Going to try to do it bigger and better, obviously. Super cool. Um, Going to try to get some help this time. Last time I did everything <laughs> myself and I was way in over my head. For for sure. Fold it off though. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what's like really exciting and kind of like why I wanted to bring you on the show is because you are juggling so much and there's so many interesting facets of what you do. Mm -hmm. It seems like on the surface, a simple thing, like I'm going to start this brand, Mm -hmm. but there's so much that goes into it from like, you know, creating the work because like, I mean, obviously it's very personal to you because it's Mm -hmm. all of your photographs and things like that. You're picking out, you know, the clothes for your one of ones for things that you're maybe getting like mass produced. You got to learn how to do manufacturing yep. and all of those things. And you got to plan events. So there's like so much networking and planning and like, it's like borderline, like an art gallery yeah. and like, you know, a pop-up thing. And like, yeah. there's, there, there's so many different avenues to like go down this road. Yeah. And it's like, um, I'm sure like you probably weren't expecting all of this stuff when you started, no, it, you know I, what I mean? Like, no. like, you know, the idea is probably just like, well, I want to put some art onto clothing yeah. and sell it. So like, when did it like evolve past that? Like, when did you think about like, okay, like I could start doing events. Um, we'll start with events. Um, so I guess you got to like sell this stuff somewhere somehow. Right. Yeah. Well, I do have an online shop, just bankrupt.com. So I get a lot of sales through there, but, um, it, it's nothing close to like in-person sales. And I also like just how I met you, like we chopped it up. You got to know a little about me. I got to know a little bit about you. That's like my preferred way to make sales. Um, so I knew from the get-go that was kind of the direction I wanted to go. Um, I think the first pop-up I did was downtown at a store called PG&H. It's right under like the Gateway uh, Park, Gateway Center Park or something like that. Okay. Um Anyway, it was just like prints um, and a few like pieces of clothing. Um, I didn't really have that much at the time. Um, so I did that one and I was like, man, like this is really working. So, you know, like they say, like if it works, like why change it? Just keep doing it. So since then, I have sort of really stuck to that model. Um, and what I kind of want to do in the future with it is be able to have pop ups in different cities and like work with photographers in those cities and use their images on clothes and sell their prints. Like, Oh yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah. Sort of under the brand name and just be able to take it to as many cities as possible. I think that would make, that would be really, really cool because what you do, I mean, I, Pat gave me a, a t-shirt here. I'm going to, I'm going to open this and show off the shirt. Go for it. But, um, I think what's cool about a lot of your photos is that, you know, it's like, you know, it's telling us, you know, it's Pittsburgh and you're telling like a bit of a story mm-hmm. through your photos. And it's like there's something like personal about the photos and why people from in Pittsburgh might want to wear that clothing. Because yeah. it's like, you know, part of their neighborhood and it's like a cool way to, you know, rep the city without it being like, you know, like some generic other yeah. Pittsburgh sort of shirt. So to be able to work with other people 
in other cities that have like they're they're, they're able to uh, capture that voice yeah and like resonate with the people in that city and yeah. to spread the brand out that way versus like say you could easily just go to a city and take photos and like well these are my photos yeah. here yeah. But it's also like, well, like you're not from here. So, yeah. so it's, it's not the same. The connection it's, isn't the same. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, another thing I do is I donate a portion of my proceeds to a nonprofit that works in Pittsburgh. Um, currently, it's 412 Food Rescue. Um, and they have been great partners to me. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. So I feel like you could see that pretty well on the screen. Yeah. It's a cool... Uh, City of Pittsburgh municipal sign yep. next to a pop machine. It says cold yep. pop, which is Pittsburgh as fuck because it says pop. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like it. And it's like, I like how it's like obviously just cut off enough. There's no trademark infringement. But yeah. It's still like there. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, a, it's a super cool shirt. And thank you, man. Thank you for, for gifting me. Thanks with for this. having me. And uh, yeah. Anyways, as you were saying. Um, yeah, so I don't. <laughs> I donate a portion of the proceeds to a nonprofit that works in Pittsburgh. And um, the idea for the future is like, say, I'm working with a photographer in Philly. Um, we link up with a nonprofit of their choice. So any sales um, of with their imagery on it would go to that nonprofit, um, which would ideally, you know, be in Philly. Yeah. Um, and same thing if I was working with a photographer in, you know, L.A., like their their photos, um, and the nonprofit of their choice, um, and we would all work together and donate to that nonprofit. So, try to keep it all local. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and I think that it's you know it's been cool to um it was cool to meet you at the event where I met you, yeah. and uh, I just I, it's because like I'm not the type of person that normally goes to clothing stores. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, I like clothes enough, but mm-hmm. like I'm not like like say you just had stuff in like a like a store somewhere downtown or on South side or something like that. I probably would have never seen it. Right. But the fact that like, you're like showing up to like an event mm-hmm. and like, here's my stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like encouraging people to just look at it because it's yeah. like, why? Like this is different. Why is this here? Let me check it out. Yeah. That's exactly why I don't have any clothes in any stores yet. Cause that's kind of the model I wanted to run with is like smaller pop-ups and get to meet people. Because if you walk into a store, like, um, you see the shirt, you're like, oh, that's cool. But what's the brand about? Like, who makes it? Do you know what I mean? So for you to be able to meet me um, and hear my story, that sort of resonates. Hopefully, it will resonate with you a bit and you would be more interested in buying the clothes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in your, uh, you're doing pop-ups at music events mm-hmm. and other events, but mm-hmm. we met at a music event and you have a concert photography background. Mm-hmm. Have you like dabbled in any trying to do any photography with any local bands and maybe try to do like a merch Uh, collab on that sort of thing or is it just not like what um, you're interested in not so much i've kind of gotten away from shooting concerts um just the money isn't there man it's really like it's really hard to make money in concert photography sure either you have to be really good which not to say i'm not um i know my images are good enough but it's just like, are you able to do enough networking? Are you able to do enough traveling to go to different festivals? And um, are you, do you have enough connections with music blogs and promoters? Um, so I kind of fell off of that. Um, kind of wish I didn't, but 
Hey, I, I mean, if, if, if something's not right for you, I don't, I think it's important to recognize that. Yeah. Just like, hey, you know, like, you know, I'm not getting what I want out of this. I'm not fulfilled. Yeah. So it's time to move on. Yeah. But to answer your question, I have worked with a lot of local bands. Um, never really on like a bankrupt bodega collab or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I have worked with local artists though. Um, John Muldoon is a good friend of mine. We did a graphic together. Um, and I want to work with more artists, but it's tricky for me because the brand is sort of photography based. Yeah. So I don't want to like stray away from that too much. Yeah. You, I think it's important to, you have like a vision and a focus and to stay with that. Otherwise it can end up turning into something that's completely different than the yeah. original idea. And then it's like, ah, shit, what yeah, happened? Exactly. exactly. I always, uh, always talk about that. People are always giving me ideas for the podcast and like things that I should do, things that I should talk about, you know, cause it's like with talking to Pittsburgh based photographers, musicians, artists, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already putting my, there's like a ceiling. Mm-hmm. There's only so many people that are going to be interested in this content. Yeah. And it's like, sure, you know, I want to get more followers, more subscribers. That's the point. The mm-hmm. more people to hear this, the better. But if I just start talking about like, you know, Star Wars and 21 pilots all the time. Yeah. It's kind of, that's not what the point of the show is. Right. It's like, that's not why I started doing this. So right. it's like, you know, finding that compromise and knowing what works for you, even yeah. if it's like, Maybe you could be missing out on some opportunities. Like there could be plenty of great opportunities to work with, you know, visual artists and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's also like, well, then this kind of isn't my thing anymore. Now it's yeah. something else. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's what I want. Yeah. I guess it's the term like off brand, which I hate to say, but sure. Um, there's a certain degree that you need to stay on brand for everything to make sense, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like for the longest time, I really hesitated having individual social media accounts for like, you know, because I have uh, this podcast. Yeah, you right? run a bunch, don't you? Yeah, I have this podcast and then I have my band and I have another band and I have, you know, like there's all these things that I do. Yeah. And I used to like promote them all through like the same social media channel. And it's yeah. kind of one of those things where one day I realized where it's like, if you don't know me, and you look at this, it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on and that's cool. But also like to bring it back, like where is the brand of my character right. to somebody that doesn't know? Like, what is it? What the fuck does this dude do? Yeah. Like I thought he had a po- is, it, is Is this a podcast page or is this a death metal band? Yeah. Like, what is this? Right. So like having to like create individual channels. So people that just give a shit about the podcast, but don't give a shit about my band yeah, yeah. can just follow the podcast and they don't have to be bothered with <laughs> the other stuff that they don't care about, which I, I yeah. totally get it. So now it's like my personal social media accounts are pretty much just like, you know, here's a beer. Here's a, here's a record that I like, you know, that like the yeah. just normal boring shit. And then yeah. the band pages are more like for like the, yeah, the actual promoting I've, I've stuff found social media to be really, um, sort of ineffective recently. Um, I think it's because of like all the pop-ups I'm doing and the face-to-face interactions and that sort of response versus like, and I don't know if you do this, but when I'm scroll- like scrolling through Instagram or something, I'll find myself just like moving my thumb and like not even looking oh, yeah. at what I'm like, what's in front of me at some points. Yeah. It's, I, I've caught myself doing that. I, well, I love watching uh, people on the bus Mm-hmm. interact like, like yeah i'm not trying to be like a creep but yeah. like i'll just see people just, just like what are you doing it's yeah. like everybody's just scrolling until they can find something that's like that catches their attention yeah or like they 
or until they scroll to something from somebody that they know. It's mm-hmm. like, why did you start following all these other people if you don't even yeah. care about their content? I think there's this thing where like we feel obligated to have like, you know, bigger numbers means better, supposedly, mm-hmm. right? And we're all supposed to uh navigate these uh online relationships with hundreds sometimes thousands of people but it's so unrealistic oh it is it's like i know it's like just follow who you actually give a shit about yeah and i don't feel like it should be like taken the wrong way if somebody that i kind of know i don't follow you i've gotten shit from people because it's like you don't follow me on instagram it's like i barely know you (laughs) like it's not that i don't like you yeah but it's just like you know, like if I'm spending my downtime, you have like, you know, I'm going to fuck around on my phone for 10 or 15 minutes looking at stuff. It's like there's a lot of other people that I care about more than you. Yeah. Not to be rude. Yeah. But it's like I think we've kind of forgotten that. So now we just feel obligated to know what everybody's doing all the time. And Absolutely. it's like it's very counterproductive and people because are getting butthurt about it. Oh, yeah. Because now it's like I have friends that like I have no idea what they're actually doing because like my social media feeds are like filled with the majority of the people that I follow. I don't know in real life. I'm never going to hang out with them. Yeah. And then like my homie will have a show and I miss it. That, that might not be a bad thing. I think that you don't know everyone. You know what I mean? I think it's really good for getting exposed to new artists and, and whatever else. Yeah. That's the positive Um, of it. And for reaching out to people, it it can be a networking tool. Um, That's my favorite part about it. I Mm -hmm. would say it's like just, Something as simple as like sending someone a DM and be like, hey, do you want to work on something? Um, you know, let's meet up and chat about it. Um, whereas like before, I, I don't even know how you would have done that. <laughs> I yeah. guess an email? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I still send a lot of emails, but it's not like you can reach people like new people via email. Do you know what I mean? So it's nice to be able to like go through and see their portfolio and be like, hey, this is someone I would want to work with or want their opinion on something. I don't know. There's, there's pluses no, and no, minuses there's to plenty it of positives to it. I think it's just like kind of ties into now where it's like it's cool because like with the podcast, social media, it's very much like I'll follow everybody. I want people to know about the show. I want to know yeah. what's going on. I got to find guests for the show. I want to be in the know. Yeah. But then like on my personal shit, it's just kind of like, okay, this, yeah. is, this is just for the homies because it's time. I just want homie time right now. I don't want to be yeah. distracted with what yeah. everybody else is doing. Same. I have like people I follow on the Bankrupt Bodega account. Um, all related to like clothing and art and whatnot. And my personal is just like friends and stuff. Yeah. So I kind of keep it separated that way. So like if I find myself scrolling through one or the other, like it's always some different shit. It's mm-hmm. never, never like the same. Sometimes like I'll like open up the app and I'm not paying attention to like what page I'm logged into. And I'll be scrolling through and I'm like, what? Who the fuck are all these people? And then it's like, oh shit, I'm on the Grey Walker Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, I like everybody has control over that page. So there's like a whole bunch of weird accounts that that page yeah. follows. What's Grey Walker? That's my death metal band. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people may say it's not death metal uh, because they're music snobs. So you play in two bands? I play in two bands, technically okay. three. Um, but um, the two that people are aware of are Sykes and the New Violence and Grey Walker. The, there's a third project that's newer. We haven't played any shows yet or anything, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's going to be a thing in 2020. Keep an eye <laughs> out. Uh, so yeah, I play in those two bands and I have this podcast. And uh, yeah, other things too. Keep them busy for yeah. sure. Keep them busy. So outside of Bankrupt Bodega, mm-hmm. what's 
a day in the life of Pat Bruner. What are you doing with yourself? Oh, man. I wake up, um, probably walk my dog around the neighborhood, shoot some photos, um, come home, edit photos, go shoot more photos, hang out with my girl. You still live in the Forest Hills area or are you no, in the city I live, now? No, I live in Bloomfield. Cool. All right. Um, also, I work at Flower City Printmakers with Josh Schneider, yeah. uh, Pat Everett, really good people up there. Um, so I'm working part time there. I used to, and I don't think you know this about me, but I used to, I spent three years working at Uber. Um, I didn't on know the driverless this. cars. Yeah. I made, oh, nice. Yeah. I made maps for the driverless cars. Um, but recently ended there, um, which is kind of how I started with Flower City. Um, I actually got laid off along with a thousand other people from Uber. Ooh. Yeah. So, Yikes. and it was really dope. The next day I went, cause I had been working with Josh Snyder on like doing some photo work for him. Um, for different artists and if like if they want to get prints I, i'll shoot the um, photos of their canvases and digitize them and then they can print off of that um so we had already been working together and the day after i got laid off i was in there shooting photos and he was like hey you want a job and i was like hell yeah <laughs> so easy as that yeah um so yeah since that's happened i've really just been kind of focusing on the brand and um working on myself a little bit trying to dig deep and uh little self-improvement you know for I mean? sure yeah. yeah i understand that trying to booze a little less trying okay to just get my head straight and really think about the brand and where i want it to go yeah that's good so in terms of the brand the mm -hmm. bankrupt bodega mm -hmm. to remind the people what we're talking about you're still doing this pretty much independently do you have any like anybody like a team no it's just me yeah just me i do everything um shoot the photos um put together mock-ups, um, send out files, get, I work with, um, clockwise in, um, uh, which we call it Homewood yeah. point breezish. Yep. Um, my good friend Riley works there. So he helps me with some of the designs. Like he did the logo for me. Oh, cool. Um, but other than that, no, it's just me. I, yeah, I do everything. Do you have any interest in building a team or do you I do, yeah. prefer to? Okay, yeah. I do, yeah. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right people, I imagine, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I do. What I ideally want to be is like, I, kn I know my strengths um, and they are in sort of design and the artistic end of things. Um, so I really like to find someone to help me with the business aspect of it. Um, not to say it's like doing poorly or anything, but to like, move up i obviously need to expand my team a little bit yeah um but it's not easy there's a phone ringing in the other room right now nobody could probably hear it <laughs> on the camera but like it's so funny because like i've been here for half a year recording episodes and today I don't know why today that phone just keeps ringing. It's never rang once. I don't know maybe if it's a new phone or what's going on in that room. But Jesus Spooky. Christ, people keep calling. It's a Sunday. Maybe it's for you. Leave them alone. It's not for me. <laughs> that would never be for me. Everything for me is just in this space. That's somebody else's space. But uh, anyways, sorry <laughs> for the distraction there. Yeah. Anyways, teams, teamwork makes the dream work. It's a it hard does. thing to do. It's like... I spent so long just talking about, um, I guess like we can relate it to the podcast to keep it simple. Like this is just me. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody that, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I 
you're here. You know, I set up all the stuff. I edit the episodes. I upload them. I promote them. All the money that I have to, you know, pay for the space. All, all that stuff comes out of my pocket. Yeah. It's been me 100%. Like, I wish that I could have a team of people, but it's yeah. like hard finding people that I can trust yeah. and like hard finding people that like would be interested in doing it that are willing to do it for free mm-hmm. because like I, it's like, it's like this show's already so far in the red. I don't have any sponsorships <laughs> or anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's very like, no, it's another thing for me is, and I'm sure you go through this, um, but it's just like me being stubborn. It's like this degree of quality control. Sure. Where I don't, <laughs> I don't really trust anyone. Well, yeah. So like, that's the other thing too. You know what I mean? Like I would love to have a, if I could have anything for the show, I would love to have like a producer, like somebody off camera yeah. that helped control the video, ran the audio, so I wouldn't be so distracted a lot of the time. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, like right now we're good, we're we're rapping, but I still have to like check the camera and you see like on the yeah. timer right there, twenty four thirty five. This camera resets every thirty minutes, so I have to keep an eye on it and I have to manually reset it from the computer. Yeah. So like that sort of stuff, and then keep an eye on the levels over here and make sure the audio is actually still recording. Yeah. And to have somebody else do that would be sick. Yeah. And it's really just like easy, minuscule tasks. It is, but like <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I'd, somebody would fuck it up. Yeah. You know, and then like, then I'd be mad. Yeah. It's like, well, I should have just done this myself. Yeah. So, you know, with the, the teamwork aspects of things, you know, like what do you think you would want for somebody to help with business stuff is what you were saying, right? Like yeah. money, accounting, that sort of shit. Yeah. 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 Are you doing like a, like taxes, you have like the LLC and all that stuff yet. No, you're still, you're still, under, you're still under no. the radar. Yeah. Under the radar, yeah. baby. Same thing with the podcast. That's the other thing too, where I've been like talking with people about getting sponsorships and things like that. But it's like until I think I have like an official business, it's going to be kind of hard for people to be right. interested in like promoting on this platform. Yeah. You know, because they probably want to write it off like yeah. advertising expenses, but you can't advertising expenses to just some fucking idiot with a YouTube account. <laughs> like I have to have like an actual like business, I guess, for them. Is that to, like, something you're planning on doing? Though? Um, I feel like. I should do it. I don't want Same. to, but like I probably should because like it would be tight just to like, I feel like I talk about the ceiling that I feel that I have mm-hmm. with talking about local music and art, but uh, there's still a long way to go. There's still, I feel like this show could be a lot bigger yeah. than it is. And I feel like I don't think it would be like a full-time job or anything, but I think that it I could, could probably, be. I could make enough money off of some sponsorships to at least, you know, pay for the space and the gear mm-hmm. and, and it is fucking <laughs> crazy in here it's today it's, it's like monday there's, morning in here yeah, <laughs> no, it's fucking sunday afternoon and it's phones are ringing there's people in the hall this is very very <laughs> unusual unusual but anyways unusual things happen yeah. unusual things That's true so speaking of unusual things yes has there been anything in your year or so of running Bankrupt Bodega that has caught you by surprise? And maybe more, not necessarily a negative way, but in a way like, oh shit, I didn't think about this. Um, I would say two things. Um, how expensive it is to print direct to garment, um, which is how like the cold pop tea you have there, that's... Uh, I don't know how familiar with our was like. Yeah, I, I manage a screen printing she, place. So. Oh, then you got me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that kind of blew me away. Um, 
I was not expecting that. Um, the other thing is sort of just like how hard it is to keep a brand in line. And this is it. In my view of it is like a brand is always growing, right? It's always going to be changing. So I, when I started, I didn't really have it like the full picture and not to say I have it now either. You know what I mean? Totally. But, um, as I've grown, I realized like things like taglines and, um, just like general like mission statements and stuff like that are something I really need to hone down, but it's hard because I feel like it's something so personal to me that, um, like what, let me think about a way to explain this. Like, how can I put together a tagline that like identifies the brand and resonates with the people who follow the brand and will encourage new people to be like interested in the brand. Um, and I think a lot of this stuff is just in my own head. I'm just thinking about too much. It's probably, totally. it's probably just a matter of just writing shit down and like picking something. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, it's the, uh, there's a, I've brought this up a lot recently on the podcast, but it's like the, the negativity of a creative mind oh, and yeah. like basically how like, dude, it'll kill you. Yeah. Like it's great to, be creative because you get really good ideas, but yeah. also like you could convince yourself of the most unrealistic things or, oh, yeah. you know, just get in your own head because that creativity is oh yeah, it's you know, terrible. It's, it's like, Oh, this nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever going to be yeah. right. Like for instance, I'm working on um, a zine right now, which is one of the things I mentioned to you earlier that I was kind of cooking up. Um, and dude, I'll spend like 15 minutes on one spread, just like moving a picture you know, an inch and then moving it back and be like, ah, back and forth, back and forth to the point where I drive myself crazy. I have matter. to like go yeah. walk the dog to like cool off from it. Uh-huh. It's just, I don't know. It's all in the head though. Yeah. I was like, I was talking with um, my buddy, uh, Dan Koshute. I think that his episode should be out by the time this one airs. So maybe some people listen to it. Anyways, he was talk. we were talking about music and uh, songwriting and he brought up this thing about how like, people can really only pay attention to like three things at once. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a thousand things going on, they're never going to notice it like mm -hmm. in the mix of a song. Yeah. And I imagine that's kind of the same thing with like a zine or something like that. Like you're like, a, like getting really nitpicky about a detail that nobody is ever going to oh, think that's about. Exactly. What Nobody's going to, yeah. nobody yeah. is going to open up your zine and be like, that photo <laughs> really should have been on the right yeah. side of the page. Yeah. But it's that's, not, that's yeah. the type of shit that just trips me up. But yeah, I get it. You know, if I come from a graphic design background and I do a lot of layout work for um, bands that are putting out albums and things like that. And it's the the nitpickiness of it is so silly. Just like, you know, can mm -hmm. we move that text down just a little bit? It's too close to like this person's yeah. face and things like that. And it's just like, we could do it, but nobody's going to care. Nobody cares that much. <laughs> except <laughs> like, me. Yeah. <laughs> except except for us, because it's just like, yeah. Same uh, with like um, the like I, my girlfriend taught me how to sew. I've only been sewing for a couple months. Nice. Um, and I've definitely gotten better at it. But like, there's times where I'll fuck something up, and I'll be like, you know, it's just like a thread loose somewhere, and I rip the entire thing apart and start all over again, just because I'm so paranoid about someone like noticing it. Uh huh. But really, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes the sometimes those little imperfections are what gives it yeah character. you know what that's kind of how i started viewing it it's like um really who cares <laughs> yeah i think too is like there's there's a part of it where i think if somebody it's like 
you want to produce really good quality stuff. I do. Obviously. But I think there's a thing where if it was like 1000% perfect, a lot of those people may as well just go to the mall and Mm -hmm. buy something that's, you know, manufactured by a machine. Yeah. So I think the imperfections kind of gives it that makes it more personal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they understand that like, you know, you sewed this and now I'm wearing it and it has a little fuck up on it, but it's like, cool. It's kind of like a, um, to me, it, it just comes off as like a little cherry like a fuck on top. You, like a fuck you to like fast fashion yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of branding in general, um, mm-hmm. fashion, the world, mm-hmm. streetwear, you know, are you a fan of stuff outside oh, of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cause I imagine like you had to have wanted to start this from it's like, I wouldn't be in a, heavy metal band if i didn't love heavy metal to begin mm-hmm. with so i imagine oh, yeah. like you had a streetwear thing oh yeah i've been going to you know monroeville mall like back yeah. in the day i used to go all the time and it's not like i could even afford anything i would just go into stores and like feel stuff and look at stuff and it try to put together how it was all made and what, yeah. what like, different types of stitching like all that stuff i mean even when i was a kid i was doing that and then um got really into skateboarding so then i started getting into skate brands and like keeping up to date on like ccs and stuff like that like um and then when i was in college i my roommate um was really into like streetwear and stuff like that and kind of like higher fashion and i didn't know shit about any of it so i started paying attention to like what was he was wearing and then he would put me on to like different clothing brands and stuff and then after that i just kind of like took it upon myself to like deep dive into all of it and expose myself to as much of it as I could. Yeah. Yeah. So the answer, yes. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) I've always been, I've always been intrigued by, um, that the world of it, but I just, I I just don't have the patience to really. Yeah. I don't blame you. It's stupid. There's a a lot of stuff that's going on. I, I, uh, I had a, um, a roommate of mine a few years ago when I lived in the South side who was like, pretty good at keeping up with streetwear stuff and yeah. always you know had like ten thousand supreme everybody hats has a and, friend who's really oh yeah, yeah. ten thousand yeah. supreme hats and like every single pair of vans you could imagine mm-hmm. and uh you know it's always like that's cool yeah but sneakers like, are something i never got into like uh all i wear is vans except today ironically i don't have a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like i'll rock a pair of vans for a year and then get I another love, pair i of vans. love the stories behind some sneakers like i was i was just uh talking with somebody the other day about um that artist that did like the the bootleg newport nikes back mm. in the day are you familiar with those no. um i was talking about them because like the packaging is so sick let me pull these up real quick uh but um there does it was, have like the newport font and color scheme on yeah they're 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 super super cool but it was a big deal and i think the um the person that made them got in a, a whole whole lot of trouble um you know just like getting i think like getting sued was like forced to like forced to stop selling them and stuff um it was really really cool but uh these are them like the but uh so the packaging came in like a gigantic like newport cigarette style box yeah and the swoosh is upside down That's yeah yeah. um yeah there is a there's a documentary on 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 the artist that did them and he, he talks about the whole story. It's yeah. a really cool like thing about like like the legal law, like copyright laws. It's a cool mm-hmm. story about like art. It's a cool story about like just basically doing like like independent DIY brand, like a funny joke that just went too far and blew mm-hmm. up. I would recommend uh, looking into the story. It's a really cool story. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's that's my thing for you. Yeah. Just saying. 
it's, it's just neat how uh things like that happen but yeah it was just a bunch of you know sneaker heads just got caught wind of it and it blew up yeah and uh it's just like uh i've seen other people i'm really in the what was it recently i think it was adidas did the the arizona tea collab yeah yeah i did see that and like though that was fucking awesome too but like i would never wear any of those shoes i liked the adidas did all the dragon ball z shoes yeah those goku ones were awesome but like i would never wear them and uh puma just did like a puma's doing a sega collab yeah and they have like tetris shoes and uh Dude, that's become like stuff. a huge thing in yeah Twitter, whereas people like bringing back these nostalgic characters and fonts and things like that i think it's really cool to watch um i don't know if i would ever wear any of that stuff yeah but. i think it's fun <laughs> to uh it's like you're monetizing like the the mid 20s to mid 30s demographic of people yeah. that have like money but no like kids or they don't own homes so they have like this extra income where it's like sure i'll spend 120 bucks on some tetris pumas Fuck yeah it. why not why not <laughs> that's like uh i don't know midlife crisis maybe or something i guess i don't it's just <laughs> you know just finding ways to everybody has that nostalgia bug it's funny because it's yeah, like absolutely. yeah it's like you know somebody that maybe is a sneakerhead isn't gonna like buy uh like one of those new arcade cabinets or something that people mm-hmm. sell but it's like oh we'll find a way we'll find a way to get you it's yeah like, here, here they are the tetris shoes <laughs> ah fuck you got me i need them yeah <laughs> i, I uh i um i've i've dabbled in i mean obviously i work at a place we have like a whole screen printing um thing that we do at my work just like producing merch for the bands that are on the label and so i work at a record label that's like my full-time job thing Mm -hmm. so um doing a lot of graphic design and helping manufacture screen printing and stuff um and manufacturing stuff i mean you already brought up like the costs and things how it's expensive to Mm -hmm. do like what you're doing um with the stuff that you get printed like like the piece that's on that shirt there Mm -hmm. um do you get does clockwise do like all that stuff for you or do you get like no th- okay this is so, an, this is a strange answer too okay yeah. um, so like for like the fabric like the stuff that's like sewn onto that jacket right there yeah yeah like so what's that process like um it's actually a quilting company oh, and it's cool. just this old lady i think it's it's in like somewhere mad random like nebraska or okay yeah and i just found them i came up with the idea because i wanted to do kind of like more cut and sew stuff and i was like shit like i can't afford that at the time like i've only been a brand for like five months you know so how can i sort of spice it up which is how I came to the idea of like thrifting things and doing more one-on-one stuff. So um, I started looking into first like patches, like getting photos printed on patches, um, which is really cool. I've done that before. They look really good. And then I found this um, quilting website and it's like this lady who prints um, fabric for quilts and she can print up to like a hundred feet by a hundred feet or something ridiculous. Whoa. Yeah. So I was like, shit like i gotta try it out so i ordered a few and i was like blown away by the quality um and then yeah i mean since then i've just been going through her yeah joanne is her name photos on fabric that's the plug that's the plug (laughs) oh yeah shout out joanne I love it. Uh huh. So she's so funny too. She sends me like little notes now and stuff because I like to order so much. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. It's awesome to be able to like you know build those relationships with um, independent business owners and just be able to. I don't know. It's like it helps the world go round. Yeah, just definitely a small business too. She has one of those like 
kind of 90s websites where like all the like, buttons are just like gray blocks uh-huh. and shit you know what i mean like so ghetto <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love it what is like your um your relationship these days just with music in general or anything outside with of like music i'm a huge music fan yeah um i i don't go to as many shows as i used to obviously um i'm a huge fish fan fun fact um so man i just i don't know i go to as much yeah as many shows as possible really. outside of the music and photography is there anything else that you're into any other fun hobbies um i snowboard a lot okay i'm um, really into snowboarding um have a dog <laughs> <laughs> that takes up a surprising amount of time sure for your old people oh okay there you um go. other than that yeah I, I don't know pretty relaxed i just really work on photos all the time yeah it seems like you have like a pretty simple and focused yeah. thing going on yeah which is good. I think sometimes doing, I always encourage people to do as much as they can. Yeah. And, uh, but also like, I think it's good to have that focus mm-hmm. on just like that one thing. Yeah. That one main I've thing. I've always kind of been like that too, like dabble a little in something and try it out. And if I don't like it, you know, move on. Yeah. Is there anything that you like any big, so, okay, let's talk more about the zine actually. Okay. So is this going to be like, bankrupt bodega branded or is this going to be yeah. something completely okay so it's going to be so it's going to be the first um of the series um or well, the first volume um but this one is all just my photos so it's basically all the prints i've been working on for the last year um just kind of organized in a really nice book uh, with a little preface that kind of explains it all um just kind of like a little coffee table zine like um and then i want to be able to like volume two three like each volume will be focused on one photographer you know what i mean um and that could correlate to like i was saying earlier like with the different cities like Mm. um say i work with a photographer in philly like put together a zine with them as well and then do the pop-up shop there and like release it there um so everything's kind of under one roof and really like organized um in terms of their work um but yeah i just started on it a couple days ago i'm just about through yeah except my computer is freaking killing me dude sure it's just killing me InDesign, like i'll try to be running like three adobe programs and it's just <laughs> like yo no i'm shutting down in your face uh-huh um but i'm really excited i've done a zine before with my good friend dan davin i don't know if you know him Mm-mm. um he's from like the south hills area um so yeah i've put together a few but this one i'm really excited for um just because I feel like I've learned a lot in terms of like page layouts and stuff. Um, Cause before I would like just cover the page and like, there would be like 15 pictures on one page and you would look at it and you would like have to like, sure. You know what I mean? Like couldn't see shit. Um, so this time I'm just keeping it really simple. Um, each page has sort of a theme to it. Um, like one is like um, the, deals with like the fire department like that picture is on it like stuff like that so and everything's local everything is uh imagery from pittsburgh so i'm really excited about i'm also gonna put out hopefully a piece of clothing with it um and i want to work with a different visual artist um to try to put together something for that not sure who yet 
Have you ever considered working with if you maybe you already have but like working with any local clothing designers yeah yeah i have when i did the um pop-up shop in may i had a few different clothing designers come through um and they were able to vend out of my space um in terms of like doing actual collabs um and like releasing product i have not done that yet but um, there's, I've had a few discussions. Yeah, with I think different that, that could be pretty cool because there are definitely people that do like. Yeah, absolutely. They put pieces together, and it could be cool to like combine and cross over that yeah, way. Yeah. So like you could still have unique, you know, one of one stuff. Yeah. But it's you know, just yeah, it's a different, I, it's a I different have avenue. People approach me all the time. About I'm sure, it, and it's just uh, first of all, overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and second, it goes back to like the quality control thing, where I'm like, if we're gonna do something like what's going to come from your end and what's how well is it going to be done like yeah you know can i trust you to like put this because at the end of the line like my brand's reputation is on the line for something that might not be my work Mm -hmm. so um i don't know yeah it's strange it's like one of those things that were like you think of a, a a big brand that does way too many collabs like supreme oh yeah and it's just like this is exhausting it's like what even is this brand anymore yeah I don't know. What the fuck is this? What am I looking at? I don't think anybody knows. I think they just buy it because of the hype. Yeah. And uh, so it's like almost like even though there are opportunities to do cool things, it's almost like say like you're a rapper. You Mm -hmm. could do collabs with every other rapper in the city and that's fun. But at the same time, like Mm -hmm. is this my music anymore or is this just a thing? I think the biggest plus out of it and I think it's the same for like music um, in terms of doing collabs is like the exposure that you get from all of the other parties um like fan base yeah um and they get exposure from your fan base um so i think that is the biggest plus about it um but still it's like you know you can do shows together but it doesn't mean you have to like produce work together yeah because you know it's like you still are your own things yeah and you know that's the one thing that like really bugs me a lot about um hip-hop and like the idea of like collabing everybody's always collabing and Mm -hmm. you know we got one track with you know five different people on it and it's like well like whose song is this what Mm -hmm. am i well nowadays people are doing like entire records yeah collab records yeah and it's like like, there was a uh gorillas put out an album um not not the now now or whatever that was called the one before that i forget what plastic beach not it was after plastic beach in between, in between the now, now and Plastic uh, Beach, they put out uh, an album, and I just can't remember what the I fuck the name of that it. album was. God I do damn it. love Plastic Beach. I'm gonna have to look it up. But um, that Gorillas album, it's like all fucking collabs, mm-hmm. and it's like, am I actually listening to a Gorillas album? Yeah, now? I don't know. I fit humans humans okay humans that one 2017 i know what you mean though on, yeah on plastic beach there's a collab with snoop dogg you know? yeah i mean I'm, like i don't <laughs> mind collabs every now and then i mean like even demon days is has a ton of collabs but yeah. it's still like had like a singular voice and it still felt like oh this is a gorilla's album mm-hmm. but like oh so you're saying humans like, like there's like too much other outside voices where it becomes a thing where it's like this isn't this doesn't feel like doesn't feel right yeah it doesn't feel like the gorillas that you yeah know it's like love. going to and it's like going to Thai cuisine mm-hmm. and you, you they Great hand you spot. the men, they hand you the menu and it's all like fettuccine Alfredo and you're like what the fuck? ravioli <laughs> and like where the fuck am I? Yeah. Like what happened? That's what, not what I came here for. Yeah. 
you know, you can get a little wild. You could throw throw a little something in there and spice it up. But when it like changes, like the whole menu changes per se. Yeah, that's like you don't want your menu to change. People are coming to you for your thing, right? And if our people, if people are, if you're bringing in new people too, like say you do a collab and people like that one thing that you did with that other person, they may not give a shit about anything else that you're doing. Right. So it's like it's not helping you in the long run. Right. So I think it's always best to just be yourself. 100% of the time right. that way when new people do approach you they are at least seeing you for what you are yeah. 100% and then they can make that decision if they want to absolutely and I think that's why I haven't really done any collabs I've kind of wanted to just have the brand be its own thing and kind of build organically by itself um, and sort of build up a reputation if you will so that when it comes time to do collabs with people like I already have kind of my foot in the door and um, maybe some of their fans will already recognize my brand, um, which will hopefully get a better response. I don't know. Yeah. But it's only been a year, like I said. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's neat to think about like how quick a year goes by. And, oh, like, yeah, man. You can get a lot done. You've got, yeah. I mean, like you have a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah, absolutely. You've been very busy I have, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any... Um, merchandising anything that you've like wanted to produce but you haven't yet for any reason um i really want to do like a rug (laughs) 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 just like start doing like random like home goods and shit like that yeah um yeah rug okay (laughs) i don't know i just think that would be so cool what's stopping you nothing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. You got to find somebody to make a rug, I guess. Yeah, I do. Um, other than that, uh, um, I really want to get more into, I want to learn more about like cut and sew and um, really like showing more attention to detail to like what fabrics I'm using and stuff like that. Um, but that's a whole new world for me, which yeah. is exciting. And uh daunting at the same yeah time. do you think that you would like want to get to a point where like you were able to actually like manufacture your own yeah things like from start to finish like, yeah, yeah absolutely well at least design them and then go through a, yeah go through a manufacturer yeah i guess that's a whole nother that's a whole nother can of worms yeah I i'm working you. on it though yeah yeah that's good yeah because it's it's i don't mind you i don't have like a, a fashion background like a fashion degree or any sure. sort of design background I've just kind of learned everything as I go. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you figure you've spent your whole life wearing clothes. Yeah. And you even talked about like um, being younger, going to the mall and yeah. like just checking out things and like already being aware of the detail. Mm-hmm. I think that like if you have that idea already, like and that the curiosity to mm-hmm. give a shit yeah. about things like that is like a very big part of what you need to move forward. It's like yeah, being a musician. Like I don't have any formal background mm-hmm. in training and music or making beats or anything like that. But like I listen to music a whole lot yeah. in my life. And then once I got the equipment, it was like, okay, I know what sounds right and what sounds wrong. Yeah. And I know what I think sounds cool. So yeah, I'm going to so fuck qualified. up. I'm going to fuck up some <laughs> things. Like I'm going to have a, a fucked up stitch if you will. Yeah. Right. Um, but you learn from those mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of it all, isn't it? Yeah. 
It's like you can't it really is. I think that's the that like bums me out with people that um don't that want to do something but they don't have the patience to just yeah. dig in and do it. Yeah. I guess like I get it, but like you know, it's like would you rather start a brand, fuck up some things and then a year later be on your feet? Or not do it and a year later still be complaining that you never did it. Yeah. Dude, and that's why, like I was saying earlier, like when I started the brand, I I didn't have a complete vision of it. But it got to the point where, like I had Bankroll Bodega Instagram started in 2013. It was just a blank page for a bunch of years. And so I always knew I wanted to do something with it. But um, there was a certain point where I was just like, fuck it. Like I just need to post something and start. Um, and since then, it just hasn't stopped. Cool. Yeah. Which is, it's a hard thing to realize. When you started like, the, when you started the Instagram page, was your plan to do like a clothing brand? No, that was just like my personal Instagram for a while. I just liked um, sort of the name, Bankrupt Bodega. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was thinking of doing a clothing brand. And I was like, shit, like that's perfect. Like that, that's it. I already have it. It just fell into place. It was under my nose already. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then it all just fell into place. Um, Yeah. It's been a wild ride. (laughs) With um, the photography now, um, obviously there's a big part of, I mean, I already mentioned that uh, the clothing pop-ups were like an art gallery too, Mm -hmm. in a way for your work. Mm -hmm. Um, are you focused on doing any photography for things that aren't related to bankrupt bodega now, or is everything kind of going into, um, most of it's going into bankrupt bodega. Um, and that, how I would describe that is like street photography and, um, sort of just like everyday imagery that you would see walking around the city, but you wouldn't necessarily think of it in an artistic way until it's like composed nicely and everything. Um, I also do, so that's like the bankrupt bodega genre, I would say. Um, I do a lot of portrait work for people, um, just like various, various freelance work. Um, I do a concerts here and there now. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, that's about it. Have you ever experimented with video? Um, not so much. You know, that's something, and I feel like that's a weakness of mine that bothers me. Um, it's something I do want to learn a bit more about. Um, I've done like, you know, like 30 second video snippets or whatever for like an Instagram post or something, but I've never really like chopped up a video and like edit it in any way or form. Really. I do. I wouldn't even know where to start, honestly, but I'm lucky to have friends and people (laughs) around me who know what they're doing. It's interesting how wildly different both of those things are. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, a lot of people in the music world will assume that, you know, like a studio engineer and a producer are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're the same person, but they're two wildly different jobs. Yeah. And uh, even though you're using the same equipment and right. the same gear, it's like you're using two different parts of your brain. Yeah. Like that's a really good comparison. Yeah. What, what you need for video and photography is completely different. It's yeah. Different, different settings, different techniques. It's more. it's more complicated i've always appreciated appreciated good video though i really have um who's your favorite director movie director yeah Ooh. um hmm that's a tough question um 
I would, for you know, me, I would say Tarantino. Tarantino's a really good movie, make, good filmmaker. Um, I like, I mean, it's hard. Like I, when in, I used to be a lot more of a film dork than I am nowadays. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, so I liked uh, Terry Gilliam a lot, David Cronenberg, mm-hmm. um, John Carpenter, uh, Tarantino's tight, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Kelly, Donnie Darko dude. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a, a guy named Matthew Bright that made a movie called Freeway. It's a fucking, it's one of my favorite movies ever, but he, it's like he only made a couple movies. Like Mm -hmm. he didn't really, but it's an awesome movie. Uh, I'm just, before I like just go off rambling. Mm -hmm. That's a loaded question. Uh, You know, I mean, old Tim Burton is the shit. Beetlejuice. Hell yeah. Give me a break, dude. I love that shit. So, but it's hard. Like, I don't know who like, a lot of those directors have kind of like fallen off Mm -hmm. though. Like it's like current filmmaking. I don't know. Like, who I get excited about mm-hmm. that. Like, uh, I like that, that guy, what's his name? That like that Watiti guy that type, he's like the Taika Taiko Watiti. I I'm butchering his name, <laughs> but like he did Thor Ragnarok. He's, I think he did. He did some of the, um, star Wars Mandalorian episodes. He's like, like a new f- action uh-huh. director and killing it. All the stuff that he does, I think is really good. Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Um, and who was the, the fucking um the firefly serenity guy did the avengers movies um oh, or one of them you know man i never got into the avengers Fuck. movies what is that guy? i can't can't remember i can't think of his name right now anyways uh sorry that was a really long question or yeah. answer to yeah, your question yeah. it was good so though. um yeah i think that um in terms of like overall like style storytelling and things like that just like old terry gilliam i think was like mm-hmm. very fascinating to me yeah time bandits um brazil adventures of baron munchausen um those movies are all sick mm-hmm. love those movies do you have a favorite photographer you know what i probably don't yeah i don't think i do yeah. um photography was something that i honestly really didn't appreciate for a large chunk of my life i just didn't get it uh-huh why it, is that i just don't think i it never it never made sense to me what was so special about a photo mm-hmm. um and then did you have like an epiphany moment where you were like yeah you i saw think, a photo and you were like oh shit it makes sense now kind of thing i think it was like thinking more about like what it wasn't so much it's not i think the photo itself like the surface level of a photo isn't always what's important. It's like, why was the photo taken Mm -hmm. and why like thinking more about like composition, time of day, Mm -hmm. place, who's the person that took it. Like there's always so much more that goes into a photo that makes it important. Yeah. Not always, but a lot of the time. Yeah. A lot of the time. You know, like, okay, like what's so special about a picture of a person Mm -hmm. in a museum? What's the big fucking deal? Yeah. That's kind of like the same thing about like, what's so special about this blank canvas that has like one black dot on it yeah but now like i get it you know it's like it's a convert it's a, stuff like that it's like it's a conversation starter it's not so much the piece itself but like why it exists and why it was created <laughs> yeah it's like there's like these other things you have to think about and also i think getting into video and you know trying to take photos myself you know just like band pictures for you know things like that and mm-hmm. actually like 
okay, like what the fuck is this f stop thing? Like, mm-hmm. like understanding how things work and yeah, ISO and all this stuff, and like you start learning how it works. It's like, oh, okay, now I understand that. It. It's like, yeah, you had like you know like there's a lot more that goes into actually taking the photo. So I like began to respect it from being like behind the behind the lens, if you will. Yeah. And uh, to like more of an art and, form. Yeah. And like trying and getting it from there. Yeah. And understanding like just getting a better understanding of why people create things like the why is so much more important than the what. Yeah. To me. I would agree. Yeah. And that's something I feel you learn is the order you get. It's like there's more to the story than meets the eye kind of saying do you know what i mean um i don't know i shoot all manual on my camera so i uh and i could not tell you the last time i like loaded an auto setting on it um and uh, like making that change for me was like really like open so many doors because if you're shooting manual you can you have like unlimited creativity in terms of like field of depth um like capturing movement of subjects stuff like that which before, if you shoot auto, it's just going to be like a point and shoot kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So to be able to have full control is is had really opened my eyes to it being like an art form more than just like, you know, point and shoot, like snap, snap kind of deal. Yeah. Especially like if you, if you have, if you invest in equipment that's capable of doing mm-hmm. so much, it's like, why wouldn't you want to use that? capability to its fullest potential yeah otherwise you could just get a fucking canon power shot camera from fucking target for 200 bucks and you're set shit's not cheap man either yeah like that's like you give someone a quote on like a portrait session you're like what the fuck you're like well i mean this two grand lens didn't fucking pay for itself you know what i mean like yeah and so I, i don't think a lot of people understand like how much love and appreciation goes into like a photographer's equipment Mm-hmm. it's like i don't know it's like a I lifeline think that, at all. i think that it's a really unfortunate time to be a photographer thanks to you know apple and samsung making uh, these sick yeah. fucking cameras Dude, this could be a three-hour conversation yeah like the itself. fucking the camera on my fucking phone is rid- I like there's three lenses on yeah. my fucking phone now yeah. it's fucking ridiculous yeah. and like sure it takes good video it takes good photos but they don't fucking hold a fucking candle to the i mean i have a sony a7 that's like the mm-hmm. the video where you're watching this video it's from a sony camera and uh that thing is fucking awesome i yeah, mean like that's I, a great camera i'm not really i use mainly use it for video i'm not really i've taken some photos with it but like i don't understand how it all works but even just like the basic photos from that still look a thousand times better than anything i've ever seen on a phone mm-hmm. like sure like maybe if you're just looking at it on a phone screen, they may look equal, but if you actually like put it on a computer and actually zoom in and yeah, or print it, it's out, like regardless it's of however many megapixels your phone says it is, there's still like quality that those, I mean, yeah. they, they do a really good job. Yeah, a lot of that comes from the sensor in the camera. Yeah. So like a, a phone can only hold like, I'm not sure that's exact specifics on it, but a certain size sensor. Whereas like a camera like that, then that, I believe that's mirrorless. It is. Um, yeah. So that sensor would be, I, I don't know, like two times the size of what's yeah. in your phone. But I think it's really cool that everyone has cameras now. 
on their phones. But, but it I, does devalue your work. It, it does. It, it, makes it, it makes it hard to get paid as a concert photographer. Absolutely. It makes it hard to, for people to take like, you know, your portrait photography seriously. Absolutely. And like the nuance that may be obvious to me or you where if, you know, we took portraits of each other with that A7 and then our phones, we would be able to tell the difference right away. Yeah. Like, oh, like, you know, there's so much information that's not being captured on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um most people aren't going to know. A lot of people won't notice this. Like, they're not, they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just need a portrait of me. Yeah. I don't, yeah. and a lot of people don't sucks. like get prints anymore. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You can just, you know, text me the picture instead. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, I only, I'm only ever going to look at this on my four inch yeah. screen. Like here. my brother just got married um, in October and he, for Christmas, him and his wife gave like our whole family a bunch of prints from the wedding. And it was just so cool. Like I cannot tell you even like as a photographer, I can't tell you the last time somebody just like gave me a bunch of photo prints. Yeah. Which is so cool. I don't know. It's like a dying. I missed this. I I, I would, uh, so back in my, uh, middle school and high school days, um, was big on the disposable camera thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we would always, take photos of uh skating or graffiti or mm-hmm. hanging out you know bullshit just high school bullshit right yeah and uh getting them developed that like smell of like yeah. new photos like when you open them up and you're going through them there's like a certain smell to yeah that like i can picture in my brain but i haven't engaged with that smell in a yeah. long time film is a beautiful thing man i have a dark room in my basement actually nice at my, yeah at the crib um, and I've taken tons of uh, film courses at Pittsburgh Filmmakers, RIP. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just nothing like it, dude. To go into the dark room and just see an image come out of like nothing. It's just so cool. Yeah, it's like I said, it's, it sucks that, you know, people are kind of losing an appreciation for that because of like how accessible everything is. It's mm-hmm. great. It's like something that like almost like, it's similar to a complaint that I have with music where now it's like everybody has the capability to make beats and pretty easily and Mm -hmm. get them onto Spotify pretty easily. You know what I mean? Like anybody with a couple hundred bucks and a cell phone can make it happen. And that's great, but it makes it so hard. I feel to like, it makes it a lot more difficult to be taken seriously Mm -hmm. because it's like, Oh, like, you make music, I do too. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's like, I don't want to devalue anybody that's, you know, doing stuff on a small production. Maybe in the same way that you don't want to devalue somebody that's a photographer but only shoots on their phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still there, but it's like, fuck. Like, yeah. there's so much time that I've spent building my craft using, like, you know, really, really good equipment, producing really, really good content. Mm-hmm. And now it's all kind of like, it's put side by side. It's like the quality doesn't matter to a lot of people yeah i'll tell you what though man in the same way that like sort of cassettes have come back into like the music scene yeah um film has is really coming back like a lot of publishers are really looking for people who can like shoot film um and do it really well because it has just sort of this nostalgic feel to it that like you can't get with like a digital camera or a mirrorless camera um which i think is really cool and there's some people who are really fucking good at shooting film. And I'm I'm not that good. Um it's really hard. Yeah, I think that but I mean it's hard, but like it's been around forever. Yeah. And like there's there's photos 
from like the early 1900s yeah i like i will see and like it's like i can't believe this photo is that old this looks better than yeah anything yeah but it was done by somebody that was a master of their craft yeah and it's gorgeous like old movies that just look so fucking fantastic and like even like old recordings of music like just like Mm -hmm. very very beautiful recordings and they weren't done in fucking pro tools you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it was done on like a fucking four track yeah and like it but it's like there was this people that were really really good at doing those things and now it's like it's cool that we've automated a lot of things and anybody could be anything they want to be but it does devalue the work Mm -hmm. and i'm sure like you you more than anyone i'm sure would know like listening to a vinyl versus listening to an mp3 it's just like a whole different world it sure. just sounds it, so much more full it can and, be it can be you know it, it, there's so many factors it depends on you know how it was recorded and who how it was pressed yeah uh if it's you know if it's cheap wax good wax what's your record player like there's so many variables mm-hmm. but are, there are definitely some albums that i own that are like they sound mind-blowingly good mm-hmm. and then there are some that i have that sound mind-blowingly bad mm-hmm <laughs> you know so it, it's it's similar to photography in the sense it's like you know just because you're shooting on film doesn't mean you can't shoot a terrible photo mm-hmm. and just because you're shooting on your phone doesn't mean you can't put out something great mm-hmm. I, don't, so, I don't i don't mean to say it's really hard to shoot film but um what's different about it for me i guess is like on a digital like you shoot a photo you can see it on the back of the screen instantly and then you can you know what i mean make adjustments to your settings or whatever you need to do to get it right but with film it's like if you don't have experience shooting film like you shoot something you don't know what it's going to look like until you get it processed and developed so you're kind of just hoping that it's going to turn out yeah unless you know what you're doing i think it's it requires a lot more patience yeah in a time when people couldn't be any less patient. Mm-hmm. People were yeah. not very patient these days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I imagine anybody that is uh, still rocking with us now after our hour and 10 minutes Ooh. is a very, very patient person. But speaking of that, probably going to wrap this up very shortly because, yep. you know, we like to keep it, keep it around, keep it around an hour. Yeah. Don't want to go too long. But for anybody out there that is still listening to us, let people know where they can find bankrupt bodega uh bankrupt bodega on instagram at bankrupt bodega bankrupt bodega.com um we have a facebook page it's kind of irrelevant (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we're gonna be planning a pop-up for the spring um keep an eye out for that um yeah cool and pat thanks for being here man i appreciate it time for an outro and that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, Pat. Let's get one more one more cheers with my cheers, warm coffee and your water. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for listening. And we are done. We did it. Hell yeah. That was a podcast. Thank yeah, you. Thanks again for having me, man. Dude, you got it. <laughs>